You're listening to the Art of Business Podcast, part of the Art of Business Network. And then he goes, well, would you like to be, would you like to go out with the zebras? And I'm like, sure. So I don't remember whether I was pregnant or I just had a baby. One of those two situations is true. And we get out of the RV and he's like, okay, so we all need to stay together and make ourselves look really big. And if anything (laughs) happens, just run. And I'm like, what's happening? Am I possibly putting my whole life on the table for this one photo? This is a little crazy. So when I had my son, which was 11 years ago, And I had to go back to work the first day after being off for 12 weeks, I think. I don't remember, but it was a good amount of time. I was devastated when I came home that I spent more time with a computer than I did with my son. My hand was a little bit forced, but I was really, really ready for it. I did not want to go back full time to, I wanted to know more about my kids than what I packed in their lunch. There was a meeting that I had with a client on the phone I was nursing my daughter because she was upset and I was locked in the bathroom and my son is banging on the bathroom door to get in and I'm trying to conduct the meeting it was insane no one goes to work and has it easy all the time it doesn't matter whether you're staying at home or you're going into a corporate office we all have those days and those moments where we're like is this my life is this really happening how do I get through this we all have those moments as I've mentioned I'm a faithful person and I lean on my faith every single day and those days that are really really tough I'm leaning in really hard I mean I'm going to the Bible and I'm reading those those scriptures that are telling us that it is going to get hard. It is not supposed to be easy. He is not here to make it easy for you. He is here to make it hard for you, but to be here for you in those hard times for you to find peace in the chaos. It still isn't easy. It's hard. There's a lot of things that you have to choose that, Hey, I'm not going to sleep tonight or I don't get to go to my children's activity. That's life though. That's, that's what we get handled and you have to get through those situations. This was what my heart felt and what was screaming at me every day. And when that opportunity came, I took it and ran with it. Being a business owner versus working for somebody else's, you don't clock out. Like there's no clocking out. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, if the client calls at 5.30 p.m. and you are on your way to dance and they have an issue, you have to figure it out. And every time somebody's like, that's a nice name. He's like, did you tell him I came up with it? <laughs> and I usually say, my husband came up with a name. Um, In yeah. that moment when I found out that I had won, it, yeah. was, it was beyond. Like, yeah. it was just, it's one of those moments that um, it was just, it was like a big big huge hug um and then you go order a bunch of pizza and <laughs> yeah. you have everybody back to your house and and you have pizza and you sit around and talk about all that that can be and could be and just sure. you know you, you just use that moment to celebrate and and just really soak it all in before yeah. before you get back to work we are a hallmark town like when i watch those hallmark movies i just think Every single one of them could be filmed in Dade City. That's that's why Dade City. Welcome to the Art of Business. I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds, 
how they built their businesses, and what their secrets for success are. Today, I'm joined with Miss Ann Cosentino. She is a city commissioner for Dade City, Florida. She's an entrepreneur, a college graduate, an experienced communications professional, an art director, a mother and a loving wife, and she owns her own business, Ingenuity. You can find them online at ingenuity.com. Anne is a natural born entrepreneur. She was starting businesses back when she was just a kid and was honing her interest in public office all the way back in college. She's a Navy brat who's lived from Key West to Pennsylvania. She went to college at Penn State University and obviously now she lives here in Dade City. She's an impressive person with an even more impressive resume and we talk about all of it. But let's start out by getting to know Anne on a personal level. Um, I think that's one of my my big life stories is that I have a foot both inside the northern side of the states and the southern side of the states. And it's always been kind of a love for both places equally. So my parents are from Pennsylvania. So while we moved around as military children, we always came home for Christmas and holidays in Pennsylvania. And it really just grew a love of a small town called Beaver um, in Pennsylvania. So that's that's my northern life. And yeah. then we grew up in Florida. Um, we started in Jacksonville and went all the way down to the southern tip of Key West. I was lucky enough to live there during my high school career and graduated there. And it was just, um, I was able to go back this summer. And yeah. I haven't been back for a long time, but that place is definitely home to me and it was great to be back so that's kind of that's where I'm from I don't really have a specific place Um, I love a lot of places yeah (laughs) just like my friendships but um that and now of course Dade City has been my home since you know really outside of my my college career my parents landed here and then after I graduated college I came here as well I lived here for a while then I went to Tampa started my career once I was married and had my first child we came back here we wanted a complete change of pace and wanted to I know we'll get into that later but we really wanted to change our game and we came to Dade City now my sister lives here my parents live here Um, my best friend just moved in from North Carolina so it's awesome. Yeah. So are you from a big family, small family, a bunch of brothers and sisters? I am one of three girls. I'm the oldest of three girls. So, um, my middle sister lives in Dade city and then my youngest sister lives in Mount Dora just to skip, skip away. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So, okay. So perfect. So you grew up a Navy brat. So what was it like growing up a Navy brat? I mean, is it, is it the typical stuff moving around a lot, not having the same group of friends for more than a a year or two or or what was that like? Yeah. So that's exactly it. And during, during, during that time, so my dad didn't get into the military until I was nine years old. So the first 10 years of my life, I lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. And I can tell the stories about walking uphill three miles in the snow with the snow <laughs> coming to my chest. That was me. Yeah. Like, I actually did that. Yeah. My husband and I were talking about it last night, how putting bread bags on my feet at the end of the kindergarten day was a big deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when my dad got into the military, um, we... What was the original question? I lost my train of thought because no, I got that, so excited about that, bread bags. Yeah, that's right. So you grew up a Navy brat. So what was <laughs> oh, that? What was okay. that experience like? So yeah, um, I moved around a lot and I really hated it. 
I hated it more than anything. I yeah. mean, being ripped away from my friends, I'm a very social person and it just felt like my soul being ripped out and thrown yeah. on the ground now. And people told me that at the time, you're going to appreciate it so much. And I was like, I will not. <laughs> I do appreciate it. I look for people that aren't feeling comfortable in a situation. I'm the one that's going to go up and say hi and introduce myself. I usually don't have a problem introducing myself to someone or making a quick friend. Yeah. Um, so those skills that I learned, that heartbreak that I felt really has enriched my adult life and my business life as well. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, and what type of kid were you? I mean, what type of stuff did you get into back when you were a kid? So I was a really responsible kid. Okay. I was the oldest of three and my dad was in the Navy, which meant that he was away from nine months at a time. And, um, so that kind of changed my role in the family. It wasn't just being a daughter. It was being a daughter and also being a caregiver, you know, watching after my sisters a lot of the time. Um, it was a really awesome opportunity. I mean, being able to be in the military life and seeing the people serve our country day in and day out and not even recognizing that just that being your norm and seeing that sacrifice all around you that that really put a lot of work ethic in me because you're just surrounded by it that's the that's whether you were the mom that was staying home or you were the dad that was out to sea everybody was doing their service so that just that was really inbred from the very beginning um what did I get into you know when I was young one of my best friends and I we started a babysitting business and military neighborhoods are a great place to start a babysitting business. (laughs) We were never not babysitting. I I would sometimes be really frustrated that I didn't have a night where I could just chill out (laughs) because we were babysitting nonstop. We were just booked constantly. So I think this business mentality has been in my blood for forever. Um, I, I love to dress my sisters up and play school and do all the silly things that we would do. We would be at the beach all the time. We always lived near the water. That was really what I was into. My dad, um, my dad is one of the most disciplined men I know, and he would always make me ride my bike, and I hated it. I hated it. Every Saturday morning we would have to go like the, the shortest ride would be 13 miles and I would be real excited about a 13 mile ride, but we would go for long distances. And, um, man, I really, that, that again, a lesson that taught me so much later on. And I really appreciate that, that, um, discipline that I was taught at an early age. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. So did, did you know back then that you wanted to run for public office someday? Like Absolutely not. So um, when I was in, when I went to high school in Key West, um, I was nominated and won a trip to Girls State, which if you're not familiar with Girls State, it's, um, it's at, it's held in Tallahassee at FSU once a year and um, girls from all over the state come and we run a mock government. You're there for, you live in the dorms at FSU for one week, you set up a government. So you run for office, you win office and part of once you are um, chosen to go, you now have to write a bill. So you have to write a bill that goes before your mock government. Now, all those bills that are passed by the mock government actually goes into the House and the Senate and gets reviewed. And Girls State has passed several bills that are actual laws in the state of Florida. So that's the capability that this group of girls that comes to Girls State has. Yeah. So I had a wonderful time. I met some people that I'm still friends with now today. In fact, uh, there's a fun story there. But um, 
What's so, the story? What's the story? So, <laughs> so fast forward, um, a friend of mine, Rachel, fast forward, we get married within the same week of each other. We have children within the same month of each other. Yeah. I yeah. end up, my son gets asked to be on a photo shoot. So I show up to the shoot and who walks in? It's her and her daughter. (laughs) And so our kids are on a photo shoot together. It was just really big, full circle, wild story. But, um, so that, that I had a great time at girl state. I wouldn't say I was the most successful. I didn't win one of the big seats. My, my, um, my attention really was in making friends and making connections. Um, and after that I thought, there's no way I would ever be successful in something like this. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward, I go into the art career, and now here I am sitting in um, an office that helps, you know, our city be run and, and make decisions. So yeah. So did I ever think I'd do that? No, but I definitely had um, enough intention in it that I was interested in it and and enjoyed. So how did you get involved with Girl State? So my college, um, my college advisor said, you know, there's this opportunity for Girl State, you should apply for it. And I, I did. And I was successful in winning one of the two positions to go. Oh, right on. Okay. So, so for, so college, so perfect. So you went to school, you graduated from Penn State University and you earned a bachelor's degree there in integrative arts. And so what was your, your, your area of focus? Was it advertising and art? So, yes. So integrative arts at the time that I went to Penn State University was a relatively new program and it was for kind of Penn State was able to foresee the future in that these careers were not going to be in these individual lanes, that people were going to start to meld careers and create their own pockets. So that's what Integrative Arts was. It was a mashup between advertising and communications as well as fine arts. So as much time as I spent learning to sell things, I also spent building um canvases, stretching my own canvas and making my own paintings with oil paint. So, um, being in both of those worlds so that I just had a really well-rounded understanding. And then Mm -hmm. once I got out, I really was going after museum studies. I wanted to be, um, in the museum world, helping educate kids of what art was, how it could help them communicate, how it could help them understand their own emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I started going after those positions and I was not successful in receiving and went back and asked, can you tell me why I didn't get the job? And it was because somebody with a master's degree for such little money came in behind me. And that's when I realized after I had gotten a few no's and it was a master's degree that had won the position mm-hmm. for again, not much money. I just you know, decided let's change career path and go after the advertising and communications, see if I can be successful there. I got you. So, okay. I see. Perfect. Okay. So, um, I was a student. Were you back in college? I mean, were you, uh, were you an a typical a type of a good student or were you more along the lines of, Hey, you know, man, C's past two. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I'm going to be, so university park at Penn state only accepts less than 500 freshman students per year. The way that they um, have their student body is they usually, you get into one of the satellite campuses, you go for two years, and then your final two years, you're going to University Park. Mm. I was successful in getting into University Park my freshman year. I came in Mm. with um, some undergrad work that I had done in high school in Key West. 
So that put me in the position to go through school in three years, um, which I did. And I took on heavy loads. That was not the way that I will help my children get through college. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that I can take on a lot. I know that I can take on a lot, but I also know that one of my weaknesses is understanding when to stop taking on. And that was, I think, my weakness in college and figuring it out. So in that first semester, I was definitely not an A student, and we didn't talk about my grades at Christmas. Okay? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, also, I didn't have the opportunity to really pick my... So one of my first classes was Middle Eastern history and the exams were given in an open forum dialogue and whoever could answer the question first got the most points and then everybody okay. else had to add something on. It was one of the most difficult classes I've ever taken in my life. And that was my first, <laughs> nice. my first foray. It wasn't like, <laughs> let's do some basket weaving. It was like, okay, yeah. we are diving into some really heavy deep topics. Um, so I learned a lot in that, but then after that I was, I was an AB student. Um, I took the things that I was very interested in. I took a lot of time and attention to be successful in those. Um, the things that I weren't economics, you know, I, I struggled bus through that class statistics. I was amazing. And I was, I set the curve in that class. So, you know, you just, you work it out the way that you know best. Right. Yeah. So what about extracurricular activities, sports, book clubs? Like what, did you do any of that stuff in college? Yes, I did a lot of that stuff. So, um, I, I was always very musical. Um, I was in an acapella group for a hot second. Um, okay. The, that was a lot of fun. What was the name of the group? Um, I don't remember. Okay, okay, okay. But their rules were pretty strict, mm. and I just, it wasn't going to be a good match in the end. So I, I stepped outside of that group. And then um, the Catholic organization on campus was really really foundational in my college career. I was very, very, um, involved. I was, a Eucharistic minister. I was a sponsor for somebody coming, becoming Catholic. I taught CCD, um, at one of the area churches and, um, we were just, it was a very close connected group of, of, and it was, and it was an amazing, amazing church on campus. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lot of my extracurriculars. And then I was just really good friends with everybody. Um, a lot of my friends were on the lacrosse team. So I was just kind of like their cheerleader on the sidelines all the time. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So then answer so after college, uh, looks like you started working for the Tampa Tribune as a senior graphic designer and you were there for almost six years. So what all did you do as a senior graphic designer for the Tampa Tribune? So I started off at the um, the Pasco office actually here in Zephyr Hills. So I and that was that was a great that's a great opportunity to talk about where that transition came from Dade City to Tampa. So I worked in Dade City's Zephyr Hills Tribune office as um, a graphic designer and became a lead graphic designer on the team. And we just helped. We had a really strong Pasco edition of the Tampa Tribune, and we would just do the advertisements for the local um, 
businesses and um, keep that newspaper going in that side on the advertising side. And okay. then after a couple of years there, I had an opportunity to go down to the Tampa office and I worked in the preprint department, which was, you know, inside the newspaper, they kind of had their own mini agency where they would give their businesses an opportunity to do direct mail pieces or inserts into the newspaper, things like that. Sure. I worked on that team for a while and then, gotcha. um, and those were wonderful opportunities. I was nominated as rising star artist there um, in in the first couple of years I was there, and then um, that rising star artist actually put me on the map to Shafina Lee. Shafina Lee reached out to me and asked me to join them. I okay. didn't join them at that time. I waited for a year, and then. Um, you know, things were changing at the Tribune and I thought the opportunity at Shafina Lee would be a good one. And I went over to Shafina Lee and became an art director. Gotcha. Yeah. And that was, that was such an amazing experience to work in the advertising agency side of it. So now you're really doing high service design for a client and it's full service. I mean, you are sitting down with a client, that client is just, they're becoming your best friend. You're getting inside their head in their business and you need to know just as much about that business as a CEO does, as far as how that business wants to be. And, um, creating brands. Um, and I started with Shafina Lee before there was Social media was this thing that we talked about in the morning meeting. Like, there's going to be this thing called social media. <laughs> what is social media? Yeah, yeah. Um, and brand. We're going to be brand experts. What's a brand? I mean, yeah, we were yeah. doing all these things, but it wasn't tagged that. Yeah. Um, so it was it was neat to be on board. And we did some really good... Um, we worked for some really fun clients during that time. Um it was just, it was a really good time. I made so many good connections there as far as career wise of people that had my back that I've still worked with. I mean, personally in my business, my, um, who was my creative director at that time at Shafina Lee, um, we were able to work on a project just recently together and that that's full circle. You know, that's how that works. And that's where you create those, those really healthy relationships that even 20 years later you can come back to and sure. it's still strong and you're still able to collaborate and produce some really amazing work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Fantastic. So, and, and so you were there for about five years and then it looks like you kind of did your own thing for seven months or so. And then you landed at, as a content strategist at lazy days, you were there for about four years. So what, what was your role as a content strategist at lazy days? Lazy days was probably that body of work is the body of work that I'm most proud of. I, it just, I don't, there's not words that I can really expound to tell you how proud of the work I am that I did there. Um, so as a content strategist, it was a really broad term for just take care of everything. So lazy days created their <laughs> own magazine called better RVing. And it was a national magazine that went out to like 200,000 homes. And this magazine was free. If you wanted it, you could get it. Okay. We shared all the industry information that we could and we just branded it Lazy Days. In the back of the magazine, we would share all the best RVs that we had and the pictures and the layouts. And then we'd put a list of, you know, used RVs to kind of try and p bring people in. But that magazine 
we would um, highlight a local area. So our viewers would come to Lazy Days and then here's a little idea of where you can take a weekend trip or a day trip to a specific area. Yeah. Um, so it really helped me get to know this area in a more intimate way than I ever had before. Um, but, you know, I became a publisher of a magazine and it, you know, it was something completely different than advertising. So this is going into the editorial side of things where you're hiring writers and you're looking for your tone of voice and in creating a, a brand through just how the writing is created and what the writing is and mm -hmm. then hiring photographers to make sure that imagery continues to share that same brand story. And that mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the whole layout and everything looks you know, looks the same. I started out designing the entire magazine myself and nearly killed myself and finally was able to hire some designers to do it. But we also paired that with an online publication of the magazine as well. And then, um, did any efforts that we could in between to just try and continue to keep that story. I, we did a little bit of social media, but that wasn't, it was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. So it wasn't <laughs> as strong then as it is now. Email was really our game and they had a whole email team. Sure. So that was a, it was, it was a wonderful experience to be at lazy days. I'm so proud of that work. Like I, those magazines just make my heart happy. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other, any specific stories about some time there that, and you know, oh, this thing, this really stands out. So I think, you know, there's so many stories that stand out. Like the day that I was riding a camel, that stands out in my head. That doesn't happen every day you go to work. Yeah, and yeah. then also like that same experience, I said, you know, I'd really like a picture of the RV with the the um, the zebras around the RV. And he's like, oh, we can make that happen for you. And, and then he goes, well, would you like to be, would you like to go out with the zebras? And I'm like, sure. So... I don't remember whether I was pregnant or I just had a baby. One of those two situations is true. And we get out of the RV and he's like, okay, so we all need to stay together and make ourselves look really big. And if anything <laughs> happens, just run. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> it, am I possibly putting my whole life yeah. on the table for this one photo? <laughs> this is a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, those, are, those are moments that stand out. But, you know, being in Newport Ritchie, we met some really amazing locals that, the images from those shoots just still burn in my head. Yeah. We doing the spot in Dade city, I think is the time that I took a picture of something and I t sent it to my husband and I said, let's move. And he said, okay. And it was like that moment. <laughs> and then the, you know, the wheels started turning after that. Yeah. But, um, Th those are kind of some of the, the moments that stand yeah. out in my head personally. Awesome. Right. On. I love it. I love it. So, all right. So fantastic. So, and so in 2013, you officially founded Ingenuity and then you went to work for yourself full time in 2014. Um, so I pulled this directly, directly from, from your website. So Ingenuity is your creative freelance solution to help with your latest design needs. Just like an elegant hummingbird, the Ingenuity approach is aimed to create beautiful, efficient design solutions in a timely manner. So I was hoping that you could just expand on that a little bit and tell us a little bit more about Ingenuity. So that's wonderful. Um, Ingenuity is my solution to being able to still partake in what I love to do and what I've grown my skill level to do, but also have the balance of being 
more inside my home than outside my home. So that's where it started from. Um, as far as what we do, there's, there's not much that I would, it's very hard to put it in a website, what we do. So I'm ready to help any business with any solution they have as far as communication. Um, where I can, what I usually take on, and I think where I would love to go and grow this business even more refined is corporate collateral. So I do a lot of annual reports. I do a lot of white sheets. I do a lot of, you know, what people would typically roll their eyes at. I love having a big pile of difficult information and then turning it into something beautiful and readable. Um, Infographics is something, you know, I have I do have a lot of illustration in my portfolio. I do like to illustrate. I love to tell stories through pictures. So combining those two worlds, um, there's some work on my website now. There's a, um, I did for CPOW, no, is it CPOW? It was C-Power, a sustainability report where the company wanted to look at how they could um, turn their business to be even more green and mm-hmm. where their goals, where they were now and set goals to where they wanted to be in five years. Sure. So they took all these statistics. And of course, it's just like a Word document that you look at it and it's like, OK, got it. Yeah. And I <laughs> was able to turn that into this really scannable, um, just scrollable storyboard that told the whole story through images that was one of my favorite favorite projects and that's where I'd love to go um I always Suncoast Credit Union has been my client since day one I do their annual report I've done it for seven years now Um, and that is a big love language that is just like a marriage when you start the project you're really excited and by the end you're like okay that was good we need a little break gotcha yeah I felt by all parties yeah so yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, it's yeah. a very intimate project on on you get in everybody's business on both sides and it's we turn out some really good work through that. Right on, love it. Okay, so and so what was your what was your motivation for kind of leaving corporate America and and doing your own thing? Yeah, so when I had my son, which was eleven years ago. And I had to go back to work the first day after being off for 12 weeks, I think. I don't remember, but it was a good amount of time. I was devastated when I came home that I spent more time with a computer than I did with my son. And, you know, all of those emotions that come with that and trying to help myself go, you know, this is just what's needed and but then thinking about it and thinking, is there a better way to do this? Like, is there a better way to work smarter that is going to get me closer to what I wanted to do? Mm-hmm. And then after I had my daughter, Lazy Days was going through a big change as far as their admin team. And I had a feeling my job was going away. We didn't see eye to eye. And my job did go away. And it worked out well for everyone. And I took that opportunity to just post on Facebook, and that's pretty much where Ingenuity was born. I had my first client within 12 hours um, nice. with semi- very many prospects after that, um, and that's where that's where Suncoast and I met. Where it was in that Facebook post, that connection happened, and um, so. It was kind of, my hand was a little bit forced, but I was really, really ready for it. I did not want to go back full time to, I wanted to know more about my kids than what I packed in their lunch. And that isn't saying anything to the fact, I mean, I know that there's a lot of 
moms that choose a lot of different paths and I am not making any judgments on any other mom. This was what my heart felt and what was screaming at me every day. And when that opportunity came, I took it and ran with it. It has not been easy. There have been many, many meetings. I mean, there's one meeting when we talk about moments that really stand out to me. There was a meeting that I had with a client on the phone I was nursing my daughter because she was upset and I was locked in the bathroom and my son is banging on the bathroom door to get in and I'm trying to conduct the meeting. It was insane. Insane. But I got through that moment and then I was able to be done with the meeting and then go back to being a mom and then go back to work that night. There were just, I mean... No one goes to work and has it easy all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're staying at home or you're going into a corporate office. We all have those days and those moments where we're like, is this my life? Is this really happening? How do I get through this? We all have those moments. Those are some of my moments as choosing to to balance life both ways. It still isn't easy. It's hard. There's a lot of things that you have to choose that, hey, I'm not going to sleep tonight or I don't get to go to my children's activity that that's life though that's yeah. that's what we get handled and you have to get through those situations for sure yeah 100 percent. so um so and as we talked about a little bit when we we're just sitting here chatting um so I, I left my my career a few years ago to start working for myself full-time and there was so many things I just wasn't ready for as being a first time entrepreneur and business owner. Um, and, and there's, there's, there's so many things that you just, you can't let them slip, you know? Um, so I'm curious for you, and it might be a little bit different cause you were a little bit of a higher level as an art director and so forth. But I'm curious for you, whenever you left corporate America to work for yourself, what would you say were some of the hardest things about being a business owner as opposed to working for someone else. So being a business owner versus working for somebody else is you don't clock out. Like there's no clocking out. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, if the client calls at five 30 PM and you are on your way to dance and they have an issue, you have to figure it out. There's not like, well, I'm sorry, I'll be back in the office at 8 a.m. tomorrow. And sometimes that is the answer. Like, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. I don't have the access to get to what you need. But as your own business owner, that's not usually how it's handled. Um, What we bring as a one-person service is we bring service. We bring ourselves to you. And so that means that your life will be turned upside down um, on occasion when you're working with a client. And that's... That's something that I still, you know, this many years into it, it still is uncomfortable. It's still very difficult. Um, as far as other things that I wasn't prepared for is just the the money side of it. Like, I like pictures and making things pretty, you know, like <laughs> checking the books and doing all that. Thank goodness I have my husband that helps me. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten so much better. I like, I'm really proud of my books this year. Nice. Really proud of my books. Nice. Um, but that's not, that's, that's <laughs> something that I, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do my own business. Those are the ugly parts that not mm. everybody talks about yeah. or thinks about when they're, they're ready to go on to moving their own business. Yep. And for us, it was a little bit different because when we had made that transition from Tampa to Dade city, we knew we wanted to slow the wheel down and we knew that we were going to completely change our family business model. We jumped off of a high dive without seeing the bottom. And we had to completely change our financial makeup of our family really on faith 
I mean, we prayed a lot about it and we faithfully knew that we could get through this. And that was our first foray. And then the business came. So I felt like we had walked off that cliff and we were successful in it. Um, The other thing that I was very nervous about going working for myself is that fear of not having that paycheck and that fear of not having um, health insurance just handed to you and you having to be able to figure out all of those forays. That was really, that was something that was very difficult. But once I got into the water of it, it wasn't nearly powerful as all those years that I had thought I need this, you know, we need this paycheck. We need this paycheck. Once I stepped away from it and released myself, it was amazing how much I didn't need that, that right. I was okay. And that we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So, um, so, you know, and it kind of seems obvious after the fact and, and seeing the name and hearing the name, um, and of course in hindsight, everything seems, seems obvious. Um, but how did you come up with the name Anginuity? So it seems super ingenuity. Your name's Ann. Well, just, of course, just put them together. But what was the process like for coming up with that? Yeah. Okay. So this is great. I can't believe you asked me this question. <laughs> so this is something that my husband and I joke about all the time. He jokes about it. He came up with it. Nice. He came up with it. Okay, and okay. he is like the name guru. <laughs> and every time somebody's like, that's a nice name. He's like, did you tell him I came up with it? <laughs> and I usually say, my husband came up with a name. Yeah. So yeah, um, it was really a gift from him that, right that, you know, he just said, what about ingenuity? And my ego got in the way. And then it was like, yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a great, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so and something I'm also curious about. So how does someone like yourself who is experienced with advertising and branding and marketing, how do you go about generating your own leads? Like, how do you go about advertising yourself? I mean, one of the hardest things for, well, there's many, but one of the hardest things for me with one of the other businesses I own is generating leads, getting the phone to ring. Um, and and so I am just out there trying stuff, but for someone like yourself with a degree in integrative arts, you have an advertising and branding background, you're an art director. How do you go about doing it? So that's a great question. I don't know that I have a really great answer to that. Um, My network of connections is really what's kept my phone ringing. I'm careful to take on too many things, too many projects. Mm -hmm. So I will even turn projects down if I have a large project. I mean, this last season that I went through while I was running for a commission was my busiest season I've ever had. And I had two projects on the table at the same time. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that I just kind of the calls just come and I don't have a great answer for you. I try and share my work. I try and, um, share word of mouth. Um, just talk about what I do Mm -hmm. and, um, that that's it. I, yeah. I, that's my answer. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Right on that. That's fine. So, so, and you strike me as a, a very creative person. And so you have a design business. And so I'm curious, what does your creative process look like? How do you go about coming up with, with branding and marketing and advertising ideas? So 
I just did a client um, by design lending and they came to us with nothing. They're a mortgage company and they're one of the best mortgage companies. If you're looking for a mortgage company, this is not, I'm I'm not joking. (laughs) They're one of the best mortgage companies. So they came to us with nothing. They, they want to scale national. Their goal is to go really big and these, these ladies can do it. So they needed a brand. And so we talked about, we did a full cycle, talked to them, got into their heads. What is their business? Who do they want to be? So that's where my, my creative process starts is just asking some crazy questions that people are like, why are you asking me that? I'm trying to get in their head to understand who they are, um, to understand who their business is, to understand what makes them tick. So then I take that information and I usually will do a font search. Like I'm looking, for pretty fonts that kind of just take all that quantifiable information that I wrote down and I I can visually see it in letters. So I'll do a big search that way. Then I'll just start drawing. So I'll just start drawing and then I walk away from it and I'll take a walk or I'll get in like, you know, just some mode that's away from the work process. And that's usually a lot of times where the idea comes to me. Um, and if I'm really struggling, then I just need to go get in the bath or do something completely different and have an idea spark that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it's usually when I'm away from it that the ideas will spark in my head. So spending that intense time and then walking away from it and then coming back again. Um, the, the most important part of that creative process and what clients sometimes have a really hard time understanding is to get really good work. You need time for that creative process to work. And it's like a bottle of wine. Like you can drink a bottle of wine after it's come off the line and it will be drinkable. But if you let it sit Mm. and get to the age that it should, it's going to be a lot better. So, Clients sometimes have a hard time and it's, it's not their fault. They just they, they need the work when they need it. Right. Like we all need to move on and be able to have this brand and move forward. But that first creative process piece, mm-hmm. as much time as you can give someone to create that time that, that give them that time, you're going to get a much better product in the end sure. because it's just, it's working on it, walking away from it, working on it again, walking away from it, working on it again. Yeah. That's, that's what my creative process looks like. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Right on. Awesome. So, um, okay, perfect. So, and in April of this year mm-hmm. of 2022, you were elected as city commissioner for Dade city, Florida. That is awesome. Um, What's it like going through an election where you're one of the candidates? What's that? What's that? I mean, is it, it has to be a a nerve wracking thing, right? Yeah, those, those, I would explain (laughs) that. So I have this amazing watch. This Garmin watch is amazing and it tells you your stress level. And if you go back and look at my records from February until April, yeah. you're going to see a lot of red, <laughs> sure. a lot of red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so being, in a, you know, getting to go through an election is a wonderful process. You learn so much about yourself, so much about yourself. Yeah. Um, and those lessons can just, those lessons can propel you so many different areas of your life. Yeah. That was amazing. Being elected, um, actually being elected was beyond. I had put everything on the table and they asked me the day of like, what, what are your expectations? My expectations for the day of, 
I was just going to have an amazing day. I was going to have an amazing day. I had put everything I could possibly put into that campaign. I put into it and I was just going to celebrate that day, meet with voters as they were walking in. I wasn't going to let any negativity get to me. I pretty much danced on the sidewalk for 14 hours. I just, (laughs) we were just going to have a good time and I was going to be okay and feel like God had taken me in the right path no matter what had happened, that it was his plan. I had put it all up to him. I had done the work and now it was ready for the next, the next step. So, um, awesome. So, so the, so, okay. So it's the day of people are voting, the polls have closed numbers are numbers are coming in. What is that process like for, I have no idea. So do you just have to watch it on TV like everybody else? Or do you have a direct line to like city hall or something? So, (laughs) yeah, so it does not, um, it doesn't actually go on TV like we think it does. I mean, there was a ticker that showed, but for us that were standing there waiting for the vote to be called in, it was just, um, it was posted on pascovotes.gov, I okay. think is the name. Gotcha. I don't know. I have it bookmarked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you would just check that website over and over and over and over again to see where the numbers were. were. So we saw, mm. uh, initially we saw the um, early voting numbers, and then we saw the day of voting numbers, and then you got the total. So gotcha. um, in that moment when I found out that I had won, it yeah. was it was beyond Like it was just, it's one of those moments that, um, it was just, it was like a big, big, huge hug. Yeah. So what happens? So, so you've won. What happens next? So you scream really loud, (laughs) (laughs) scream really loud and then tears start falling down your face. And then there's this huge weight that you recognize was there that just goes away. So all of those emotions, um, you're, you're surrounded by the people that had supported you that whole time. And you're just, there was just a moment of just crazy gratitude. It felt like I was outside of my body. Um, and then you go order a bunch of pizza and (laughs) you have everybody back to your house and, and you have pizza and you sit around and talk about all that that can be and could be. And just, you know, you, you just use that moment to celebrate and, and just really soak it all in before, before you get back to work. Sure. So, so what was the motivation for wanting to run in the first place? So the motivation to run was I had run two years prior and against Newt Nathy and that was during COVID and I, uh. I did not win obviously. <laughs> and fast forward and, and I really felt like, yep, I tried that. I'm done. Um, fast forward two years later and you know, Brenda said, I, I think you should think about it. And I said, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then I started talking about the issues and I heard the passion in my voice and I thought, you know, maybe I should give this a go. I I am really passionate about these ideas and these things. And I do, I am so vested in Dade City being my home. I, you know, being a military brat and having one foot in this city and one foot in all these other cities, I, I truly long to have this home. I wanted you know, when I met people that had been to school with their classmates since kindergarten, it's something that was so bizarre to me. And to have that, those roots in a town. And I felt like I was starting to put those down and to be able to invest my passion in that town to help it continue to be that it, that I I thought, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And I thought, you know, this is a good way to use my, my time. This Mm -hmm. is a good way to give back to my city. Yeah. Right on. So would you say that having your business background has, has, 
been a beneficial in your role as a commissioner yeah. or not really? Uh, no, I, I would say it, it is beneficial in the way that I bring something to the table that no one else has. So I have a branding background and creating a brand and a story and a consistency is really important. And if you're paying attention to that, your solidarity moving forward can, the power of it can essentially be greater. Um, looking aesthetically around and paying attention to, hey, this, that, and the other thing, I, f I feel like that is something that I can bring to Dade City in a, in a way that um, helps in, that's not there now. Yeah, right on. Okay, so so Anne, as with um, I mean, as with any job that you get, there's going to be some things that you just don't know about until you have the job and you show up and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, you know, you got to close tonight or whatever it is. <laughs> so, just what are some things about being a commissioner that you know now that you you didn't know before? So, I'm going to go with easy. I mean, there's a lot to that. There's so many intricacies to being a city commissioner that from the sitting sitting in the seats versus being on the dais two completely different avenues I, I know when i sat in the seat and would watch passionately the commission meetings and not really understand why things were going the way they were i understand that now and there's so much backstory to that there's so many intricacies there's so many laws and there's so many um just reasons why those things happen that maybe if you're just if you're not in detail yeah. you don't understand sure. um but the the simple answer is i did not expect i was going to be as in as at, in as many pictures as i have been Gosh, like, okay yeah. that's not something i'm super comfortable <laughs> with and um of course i should think that that's going to happen but i didn't and so <laughs> that's the thing where i'm like oh okay yep we're doing another picture, <laughs> another picture. okay <laughs> gotcha <laughs> So mental note, whenever you see Ann, ask for a picture. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so um, I, I did a little bit of research about what it is to be a city commissioner. So how much of your role as a commissioner is about managing budgets as opposed to managing the issues? So right now, um, we are in budget season. So we've, ha we've just had our fourth or fifth. I don't know, but they're happening every week at this point. Um, so right now, all of our efforts are put in are put into budget management versus issue management. Um, the issues are still there, and yeah. but but our main focus right now is on budget sure. and setting that budget and being fiscally responsible and making sure that we're setting Dade City up for success and that we're not getting into a situation where we cannot afford. Um, our decisions that we're making now in the future. Yeah. Um, I think we have a lot to be concerned of with that. And um, I think that I, I'm very lean in that way, gotcha. um, which is sometimes difficult. But um, so, but then when we're outside of budget season, once that budget is set, so at the end of September, that budget will be set. Once that budget's set, it's set. So now you just use that as your your recipe for your decision making throughout the rest of the year when we're talking about spending money. Now the mm -hmm. issues are something that are complex within that budget, sure. and that's what your focus will be the rest of the year. So that's kind of how I, I see. see it working. I'm very new to this still, so yeah. talk to me in another year, and yeah. I might have a different answer for you. So what about a typical day? What is a typical day as a, as a city commissioner? Set, you have a set schedule that I would assume, right? So no, we don't. Um, and actually city hall like we're the city commissioners are all work from home 
um, if that makes sense. Okay. So the the city hall. What's amazing about our city hall is when they built the city hall, they didn't they paid for it with cash. So that's why it is the size it is because that's what they could afford. So there's not a lot of room for the commissioners to be there anymore. Um, We can be there. There's space for us to be there if we need to, but it's easier for us to do all of our work outside and then come in for specific meetings and such. Gotcha. Um, So I try and I like doing batch days. So this day will be commission, this day will be business, this day will be commission, block timing. Um, So Monday and Tuesday, I really dedicate to commission work and, um, and then meetings throughout the rest of the week. But I try and do my work on the commission Monday and Tuesday. And that's natural because we have our commission meetings Tuesday evening. So that gives me time to, um, get prepared for those meetings and any questions that I need to ask, follow up with staff members, things like that, being um, caught up on where issues are, that gives me that time. Gotcha. It makes perfect sense. Okay. So, um, what is, what is something about being a commissioner that most people probably think is true, but it really isn't. I would, I, I think that, one thing that is a sensitive topic is how development gets negotiated and what our power is. So once something is annexed in, after that, it's a lot of checking boxes. It's that annexation portion that is your whole negotiation mm-hmm. and that you're trying to get everything that you need, want, and should be. And then after that, it's a little bit of a different scenario. So um, I think that that would answer that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Um, So, and I have a question here for you. I ask everybody this question. I just want to hear you talk about it for a second. So why Dade City? What is it? So you, you live here. You decided to run for public office here. What is it about Dade City? Dade City is such a special place. So it is a small town where if you invest your time and your relationships, you will never walk into a door and not see a smile. You're always going to run into somebody that is happy to see you, even if they don't know you. This is the town that we have. We are a community. Um, We are a Hallmark town. Like when I watch those Hallmark movies, I just think... Every single one of them could be filmed in Dade City. That's that's why Dade City. We have an amazing community here. I agree, hundred percent. It's a great little town. So, um, and what advice would you have for someone who aspires for one day running for public office? What any any tips and tricks for someone like that? Yeah. So social media. Okay. Be careful. Okay, sure. sure. Okay, so what you put out there (laughs) is what people are going to find out about you. And um, so if we're talking to young people, if I'm talking to young people, that is one thing that I'm going to go hard on is Mm. don't give someone the keys to your kingdom. You know, tell your story, but tell your story with respect and knowing that you're talking to your future boss. So whatever that is, that yeah. would be my my one thing. The other thing I would say is take issue with things, but make sure that respect it comes before your issue. 
So always lead with respect in any scenario you're in and you will always come out ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. So, so now, and what about advice for aspiring entrepreneurs? If somebody reached out to you and said, Ann, I heard you on the art of business podcast. You have a great background, you all this entrepreneurial and business experience. You now hold public office and they're looking to you just for some f- advice and some wisdom. What, what, what would you say to someone like that? So I would start with the, I would start with the tactical stuff first. So like, let's talk financials, you know, what is your big idea? Get that on paper, but then what are your financials and get yourself in a situation where money does not become fear. So once money is a fearful item to you, you're not going to be able to make the decisions you need to make. So get yourself in a position that you have enough money to be able to be a risk taker when you're ready to move out on on your own. Then after that, once you get to that place and you're ready to move out on your own, you cannot be an introvert. Even if you're you are introverted, mm-hmm. you cannot conduct yourself as an introvert through your business. You have to go out and meet people. You have to join organizations. You have to call your girlfriends and go to dinner, call your guy friends, go to dinner, whatever. You just need to be very social and making sure that you are talking to people and sharing what they're you're doing. And it doesn't have to be in a public place. It's just, if you are expecting that the screen and the computer is going to do all that for you, you're missing where most of your business could come from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have found, figured that out myself as well. As well. Um, so trying to come out of my shell and be a little, little bit more social. Um, so as I, we mentioned a little bit before, I, I had a corporate job left doing my own thing. And for me, in the beginning, one of the hardest things was trying to find a way to structure my days and hold myself accountable. When, when, when I was working in corporate America, it's just there, there's structure inherently built in. You have to be there at a certain time. You have to have attend this meeting and be prepared for that meeting and have your project done by Friday or whatever. And there's just inherent structure um, and incentives for completing those structures naturally built in. And whenever you leave that and you go and you work for yourself, there's still structure, but there's nobody there to like say, Hey, you got to have this. I mean, the clients potentially, but you can just let it go. You could. Right. And so for me in the beginning was trying to figure out how do I hold myself accountable to make sure I'm getting all of this stuff done. So you worked in corporate America, you've been an entrepreneur now and done your own thing for, for many years, obviously successful before you were elected commissioner, because a commissioner might add some structure. Um, how did you go about structuring your days such that you were still holding yourself accountable? So I'm a big planner person as far as I mean a written planner or, and I go back and forth between a written planner. I'll use the Panda planner. I'll use my phone. What's the Panda planner? So the Panda planner is really awesome. It will do, um, a week view, a day view and a month view. And, um, you fill it out almost as a journal, but it, it, it's all about accountability. So you're putting down what you, you, you could put down 9am. I have a conference call, mm-hmm. but it also goes into like, what are your goals today for project one, project two, project three, project four. So it mm-hmm. helps you get granular about what those goals are. Um, so 
planners are really big. And when I was really struggling with structure, when my kids were much, much younger, I would literally go into my phone and put it 7.30, breakfast, 8 a.m., laundry, 8.30, walk. And mm. I would go through and put every single thing I wanted to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I was so much more productive than the days I did not do that. Yeah. Um, those are those are the ways that I help uh, bring some accountability to me. The other thing that I love right now, I don't struggle so much with structure in my day. Um, there's a lot more. The kids are back in school. It's a lot, yeah. it's a lot easier right now. <laughs> but I use the five-minute journal in the morning, and that goes. It's just a quick gratitude journal, and then it says, "What are the three things you're going to get done today?" And that right first thing in the morning, I'm like, "Okay, one, two, three. This is what I need to get done to be successful today." Yeah. Um, that just gets a wheel spinning, and then of course, 25 other things come out of those three things. But if you can tackle just three things you're going to do in your day, I think um, that structure just falls into place place. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So one of the things, the uh, lists have really helped just creating, yes. writing things down and, and, of, and, and being able to check them off the list helps me feel accomplished when I can check yep. it off the list. Um, so what about, and when, um, you know, when, when things get hard, when, when, when turbulent times happen, um, and things get tough, how do you stay focused through those hard times? So I lean, I am, as I've mentioned, I'm a faithful person and I lean on my faith every single day. And those days that are really, really tough, I'm leaning in really hard. I mean, I'm going to the Bible and I'm reading those, those scriptures that are telling us that it is going to get hard. It is not supposed to be easy. He is not here to make it easy for you. He is here to make it hard for you, but to be here for you in those hard times for you to find peace in the chaos. So I lean into that through my faith. I also will lean, I mean, talking about that social network it's not it's not the it's not how wide your lake is it's how deep your your glass of water is so I will reach out to my friends and just you know I need to talk about this and I I I just need some support here so I go to my support networks and and try and work through that it's also about just waking up and taking you know I I'm a runner and if you run a marathon, you know, it's one step in front of the other and that is how it gets done. And that's it. At the end of the day, it's one step in front of the other. You take the next right step. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So what about any good books you read, podcasts, yoga, like, you know, and any other. So obviously that's one way, but what about other ways to relieve the stress? So Peloton yoga is my absolute favorite. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I found that during COVID and that just completely changed my world. I just, Kristen McGee, Ross, I love (laughs) them. They are, Kristen has done shout out to Ingenuity twice. She is my girl. I love her so much. Um, So that is one way I try and I've been really trying to go for a solid walk every single day or run just depending on which. So that is big stress reliever. Um, Books that I'm reading, I'm reading Rework right now, which is an older book. And it's just talking about like switching the mental way that you work. Um, And the reason I picked this up, I was at one of my, um, I was at Grown Man Studios in Seminole Heights and he has an amazing bookshelf and that book was on there. I picked it up and it's got a lot of illustrations in it. And I was like, oh, this book is cool. I'm going to go order that book. So that that's a book I'm reading. I'm also reading um, the little book 
of investing or it was written by Bogle, I think. I think it's B-O-G-L-E or it's Vogel. I can't remember, but it's, he started Vanguard and he was the one that created index funds. Gotcha. Um, I'm reading his investing book right now, which is super interesting. Okay. Um, I also have been trying to read Where the Crawdad Sings, which everybody screams about like it's turning into a movie. I cannot relax right now to read. Like anytime I'm reading something relaxing, I'm like, there's a million other things I should be doing. <laughs> gotcha. um, podcasts I listen to. I mean, that's kind of my getaway. So there's not, it, it's a lot of, you know, gossipy sure. podcast yeah, stuff. Yeah, no um, Holderness family. They're kind of fun. Um, they're, they're, they're good. Okay. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Those, those, those are probably top level. I got you. Okay. So, um, so, and we do have a listener submitted question. So Mr. Kevin Taggarty of Dade City Life has submitted the following question. He says, and what do you dream our downtown streets to look like? So this is such a good question. Um, I am really excited that that is one of the legacy projects we're going to tackle in 2023. Um, <clears throat> So I, I see Dade City as being this really walkable, beautiful, beautiful, accessible downtown. So we, um, I want to slow traffic down so that it becomes a place where people can easily cross the street and get from business to business. I want to bring in more beauty and just, you know, really bump up the sophisticated aesthetic of our town. Um, we, we are a historic town that's been here for a very long time. We have the building structure that's there. We have the staff in place to bring it. It's just, we're going to put those pieces together and it's going to happen. So I'm really excited about this project in 2023. I know that there's some designs out there. I'm, I'm very excited. It's, it's, it's going to be coming up pretty soon. So I'm very excited about that. Right on. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. So, I mean, Ann, we're going to start winding this thing down a little bit here. Um, are there any topics that we didn't cover that you'd like to bring up or any topic that we did cover that you want to dig a little bit deeper on? So I would love to talk about the youth council. Um, the youth council is something that I have decided I'm going to take on while being a commissioner of Dade City. Okay. Um, this is a group of eighth graders to 12th graders, and they are, and they're their own organization, the Youth Council of Dade City, and they learn about local government and we're going to help them become stronger, better citizens that are more, um, they have a deeper wisdom about what local government is, the power of it and how they can get involved with it. Mm -hmm. Not even if they choose to get involved with it, but how that power makes decisions for their community around them. Um, so right now we're in that application process and we are looking for strong students that are the, the qualifications are small. Anybody can be in Involved if you are live in the Dade City limits or you go to a Dade City zone school. So okay. that would be Pasco High School. It would be Pasco Middle School. It would be Academy at the Farm. It would be any school that's in our um, our school district here in Dade City. Gotcha. And then 8th grade to 12th grade, it's meeting once a month. 
um, for an hour. It'll be on Mondays. Uh, I haven't decided which Monday yet. And then they'll choose three service projects that they can do throughout the year. And that's the benefit of our club to these students. We offer service hours. So, and they can choose three or they can choose 15. And the service, I was writing out the service projects in preparation for this. And I was like, these service projects are really fun. So <laughs> we have the art walk coming up, the Monarch Festival, the Kumquat Festival. I mean, there's just, there's so many, um, the Christmas stroll, the Christmas stroll is going to be really fun what we're hoping to do. So shop with a cop we pair students with um another student to help them shop for either christmas presents or clothes for school there's just so many enriching opportunities for those students to engage with their community and they get to build those hours to use towards goals that they're trying to set for themselves so um that's what we're looking to do. And if anyone is interested, they can reach out to me. I'll send them an application. Applications are due by September 1st. And okay. if you can't get it in September 1st, but you're definitely interested, we'll, we'll try and work with you. Okay, perfect. So how do they, how do they get in contact with you? What's the, what's the way they reach out? So email me would be the best way. And that is a Costantino and I'm going to spell it out if that's okay. Cause a lot of Please. people, yeah. so it's a C O S. E-N-T-I-N-O at DadeCityFL.com. So um, if you email me directly, I will send you the application. We are not robust enough that we have a website, but hopefully that explanation will help students understand that we're just looking to teach you some things about what local government is, but have a really fun time doing it. I was yeah. just, just able to attend Florida League of Cities had a youth council day. I was able to sit in on that where the students were talking about what they wanted their councils to be. Mm -hmm. And the what I heard was they want it to be fun and I love to have fun. Yeah, so, yeah. um, that will not be difficult for us to achieve. So I'm really looking forward to building this program out this, this year. It, 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 this program has been in existence for a very long time. COVID did a number on it and we're just looking to get it back to big numbers and, and have a strong program. Oh, how'd you, how'd you get involved? So Camille Hernandez, Mayor Camille Hernandez, um, she had been in charge of the youth council this whole time. And I knew that she was stepping down and I have a heart for education and, and students to begin with. And I felt like this is just a good combination. I see. I got you. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Fantastic. Okay. Um, so, um, and we're going to end this with what I call two final questions. I have two final questions for you. So question number one, how would you define the word? entrepreneur um i would say it is somebody who can find it is somebody who is able to walk a path in a different direction than everyone else but get to the same spot i love it uh, question number two final question how would you define the word success and so that is a personal question and there is not a solid answer. Um, for me personally, success is feeling rested. <laughs> success is feeling loved and success is feeling fulfilled. And, and in that fulfilling place, you feel your purpose. That is success for me. 
Love it. Okay, so we talked about this just a second ago, but this is the part where you're going to plug your stuff. So how can people find you, not just for uh, for city commissioner, city council stuff, uh, but for ingenuity? So plug your website, any social media, any events, just plug anything you want to. Okay, so you can find my website at ingenuity.com, um, and my email is ann at ingenuity.com. Reach out to me any way you want. Um, any events coming up, I don't know about that, but you can definitely look at my body of work online um, and see how I can help you. And and like we talked about, brand, anything from branding to collateral pieces, I'm happy to help business with. I love to take big piles of information, turning them into something pretty and handing them back and watching the smiles happen. <laughs> right on. I love it. So awesome. So Anne, thanks a lot for being here. This has been a fantastic podcast. Um, and everyone else, thanks a lot for tuning in as well. If you've enjoyed the show, then please share it around so others can join in as well. The best way for new listeners to find the show is for our current listeners to talk about us. So give us a like, drop us a comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Facebook at TAOB Podcast. Uh, Give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us out. I'm your host, Eric Baker, and this has been another episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now.